If you don't know me, my name is Jamie Hamel. I'm the worship pastor here, and uh, I'm so glad to have the opportunity to speak. I assume, has Pastor already raced today? He's finished, yeah. And what were the, I didn't hear the results. He got, he got 35th out of 200 in his age group. Wow. 35th out of 200. Yes. Pastor, what? Pastor did place 35th out of 200 in his age group today, and it was a, tri- a triathlon? Sprint triathlon. He ran a few more miles than I could ever run. National championship. It's not too bad. Hallelujah. It just shows you the potential of what, what a person can do when they put their mind to it. Because, yes, he has the, the body mechanics to do it, but it takes a hard mind. Amen. He's an Iron Man, truly. Hallelujah. Let's just uh, start with the word of prayer as we bring the word. Father, we are so, so thankful for your word that, is just, that can be established in our hearts today, Father. I pray as I speak to your sheep, that would be 100% of you and 0% of myself, Father. Holy Spirit, I just want to yield to be used by you to edify the body here, God. And we just thank you that it shall not return without accomplishing everything you sent it to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to start out reading from Mark 5. If you have your Bibles or if you can look up on the screen, I believe they can pull it up there. Mark 5, starting in 21. We're going to jump right into the Word. How many are thankful for the Word? How many are thankful for Jesus? They're the same thing. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Hallelujah. So if Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, that can be said about his word, okay? So we're going to find some promises. The first part of this, before we read this, just realize that Jesus had just cast out demons that were in this man. He was being tormented by demons. He was hanging out in the tombs, and he had just cast out a bunch of demons, and they went into the pigs, and the pigs had enough sense to say, I'm not going to do with you demons. I'd rather die. They jumped off this big cliff into the ocean and died. So how many know that we, the devil has no authority in, in this place? Amen. And when I say in this place, I'm talking about in our hearts and our minds. Today we're going to learn a little bit about that. Starting in 21. It said that when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered about him, and he stayed at the seashore and one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and upon seeing him fell at his feet. And he entreated him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her that she may get well and live. And, we, and when, he had, when he went off sorry, with him, should I get the handheld? Yeah. I'll get out my wife's. Is this going to work?
at all, but rather had grown worse. And after, after hearing about Jesus, came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I shall get well. And immediately the flow of blood was dried up, and she felt her, in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garment? 31. And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman, see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now this woman, she had heard about Jesus. And some of us have heard about Jesus and what he has done for others. How many know that God is no respecter of persons? Okay. So you can all say, I'm his favorite. I'm his favorite. Say it. So if it's something that, I mean, we're not supposed to envy what other people have, right? But if it's something that God has promised us all, we can have it. And I'll give you a short testimony. When I was about 20 years old, I was living downstate. And I went to a conference, and I don't remember who was preaching. It might have been Casey Treat. He's in Seattle. I seem to remember it might have been him. Anyway, it was this conference. And I grew up in uh, First Union Church in Cedarville. And they teach the word there, but they definitely don't teach the full gospel as far as, uh, like we encountered today. We had uh, speaking in tongues, and there was interpretation. But the, the, I'm not around a lot of circles like this, but the guy said, let's all just war in the spirit. Let's all pray in the spirit. And everyone was just speaking in tongues. And I was, I had been around it a little bit, not a whole lot, but I was just taking it all in. And the spirit of God spoke to me and said, uh, I have no favorites. You're my favorite. And that was how I received that day. Because I thought, if, if brother so-and-so and sister and so-and-so, they're washed in the same blood as me. So later that, that day, the, the pastor said, if anyone wants to rededicate their life or dedicate their life to the Lord, or if you want to receive the, the gift of tongues, or if you need a healing, whatever it is. And that's why we're singing today these songs of faith. And I went up and I received that day. When you hear the word of God and it comes in your heart and you believe, you can receive all that he's given unto you. Hallelujah. He is no respecter today. And even if you haven't seen it done for somebody, if it's promised in his word, you can have what he says. But she, she heard about Jesus. She heard that he was healing. And she had been through a whole lot in her life, waiting time after time and being disappointed. But she said, if I just touch his garment, I shall get well. And what did she do? She didn't give him high five. She went to his garment, because that's where her faith was. She said, if I just touch his garment, he doesn't have to speak to me. I don't have to like, have somebody confirm. We don't have to put any oil on my head. We don't have to tarry. I just need to touch his garment. So wherever it is that you're going to release your faith, maybe it's when somebody shouts. I don't know. Wake up. Today is the day of salvation. Sorry. I just, uh, but whatever that point is, you got to receive. you got to be ready. Be ready, guys. Sorry. A little obnoxious today. Um, but anyway, the Lord says to the daughter, says, your faith has made you whole. Her faith and touching his garment and what people had said. 
And after I'm talking about this woman, we've already forgotten about where I started, Jay Iris. I mean, his little daughter, right? We're going to follow up here. And 35 says, while he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Leave Jesus alone. It's too late. You know, it was going to be a good thing, but, you know, this lady got in the way and she wanted to receive what she wanted. And about 36, that's not what happened, right? Jesus says, but Jesus, say, but Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid or fear not, but only believe. Believe what? Let's go back to verse 23. It says, and in entreated him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. This is what he said. This is what he believed earlier. He said, come and lay your hands on her that she may get well. Now, see, he had his faith in the fact laying on her hands, and that, that's a godly principle. It's, it's godly, to, it's, it's scriptural to come up and have your hands laid upon oil or no oil. But the point is that he, he put faith in that. If you just lay your hands upon my daughter, she shall live. And the Lord is saying to you today, fear not, only believe. Maybe you have had some, some things happen, and they've said an evil report. Hey, your daughter's dead. And you say, wait, wait, wait. My faith is not in what you are saying. My faith is in the word of God. He says, fear not, only believe. 37, and he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And there's times in our life that when we're believing God, for his provision. We're believing God for that new job. We cannot be around people that don't have the faith and they're not supporting us. Maybe we shouldn't share that vision to every single person because you're going to get naysayers. Nobody's ever done that in this town. You can't drive that kind of car. You can't have a kid. You've been barren for 10 years. Well, what does the word of God say? We don't, we don't have any problem. We just need faith in God. And they came to the house 38, of the synagogue official, and he beheld a commotion. These people were wailing, people uh, loudly weeping and, and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. 40, and they began laughing at him, but putting them all out. He took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was, and taking the child by the hand, he said to her, I don't know how to say this exactly, Telitikum, which translates, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they were completely astounded. And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this, and he said that something should be given to her to eat. Hallelujah. When we read this, I want you to like pay attention to the fact that sometimes you have to put people out. If you're in the hospital, when we went to see you, Lyle, and you were believing, you know, for the, the hospital staff to, to find something to hook into and get your blood flowing and keep you, your life sustaining, we, you had some brothers, we showed up and we prayed in you in like faith because we know what you believe. Because if, if he was on his deathbed, in his mind, and he said, this is it for me. We could pray all the prayer of faith. We could have every scripture, but we cannot go against his will. If he's ready to go to heaven, but he, he has a lot of life left in him. 
So he's got a lot of kick and a lot of fight. So we agreed with him. We said, Father, he shall live. He shall not die. And look at him here. Praising the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. So we're going to need to learn to cooperate with the Lord and his word. Pastor Scout, he's been teaching um, a few things here. If you've been paying attention, I've been taking some notes. Because sometimes we forget from week to week, so it's, it's important to highlight some things. Or you can even ask, uh, ask me or the guys, hey, what scripture were they looking up? Or you can, get the, you can stream it online, right? SueChristianFellowship.com. Okay. Um, but he was talking about last week how when it comes to decisions, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you, right? But the devil doesn't lead and guide. He likes to push and pull, right? So we need to look for peace. We need to look for that, that small, gentle voice of the Lord and never, never make a decision when you're under pressure. How many have made a decision, whether big or small? We have bought houses. Maybe ignorance, too, could be thrown in there, too. But there's, I know we've lost $20,000 just on one house that we had walked away from. And um, $20,000 isn't anything to laugh at. But good thing is we're in a good place today and that we're redeemed from, from all of that. But we didn't always have peace on things that we've uh, taken upon or, or, you know, we weren't necessarily ready for. So when you're hurting, you're hungry, you're tired, you're desperate, that's not a good time to make a decision. In, flat, in fact, I would suggest not to speak or do anything. Sometimes you think, Inactivity is bad, but sometimes in a situation where there's panic and chaos, it's good to just quiet yourself and, and listen until you hear from the Lord. you got to move with peace, because how many know if you get ahead, or, ahead of God, there could be some bad consequences? So the Lord wants, us to, wants to speak to us and give us peace. It says, and there's three places, you don't have to turn there, I'm going to go quickly. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they followed me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. In Isaiah 55, 3, it says, Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies showing to David. So God, he speaks to us, but, and we're his children. We have the capability of listening, but we need to sometimes slow down. And I know I'm probably talking fast. You're probably saying, slow down. My wife said, slow down today. I have a tendency to scream into the mic. Sorry. Um. And how many know, like, we make a lot of resolutions. January 1st is a time when a lot of people say, yeah, I'm going to start this new hobby. I'm going to start this new habit. I'm going to get in shape for first time in my life. Um, but we don't have to wait till January 1st to start new habits. We can, you know, we talked about uh, um, how joy comes in the morning in the first song, Trading My Sorrows. The morning can be right now. It can be whenever you decide that you've had enough and that you want to... You want to move forward with God. The first habit I want you to think about is to start paying attention. And Pastor kind of, is, I'm kind of piggybacking on some of his stuff. Start paying attention to what you are giving your time to. What are you looking at? What are you thinking about? 
what do you spend time meditating on? And he said this a couple weeks ago. Are you thankful for what you have? Or are you focused on what you don't have? I know Pastor talks a lot about his truck. I'm not thinking about a truck, but I've got other things that are on my list. But I have had moments where you start looking at catalogs, you start looking on Amazon, you're like, man, I could have that. And we get in competition with other people, but if we, we should never mind on things. It says, uh, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, all those other things will come unto you. And sometimes it's a want and it's not a need. Thank you. So the second one is start listening to yourself. If we could have a tape recorder and we could hear the things that are coming out of our mouth, we, would, we wouldn't be so surprised when we see the uh, circumstance in which we're standing presently. So if, if I keep saying, I'm in so far of debt, I can't pay my bills, my job doesn't pay me enough, I'll never have enough. Well, guess what? You're going to always be in debt. Words are spirit, and God gives us his word that we can put in our mouth. Instead of saying those things, we can say, uh, thank you, Lord, that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. He addeth no sorrow. Father, I'm a tither. I thank you that you opened the windows of heaven. And you, God, you poured a blessing, and you give me more than I, than I can. And it says, if you give, you shall receive. If you sow, you shall reap. So if we're not sowing, we cannot expect to reap. So there's some godly principles that we need to employ. Amen? Amen. So our words are creating our world. Can you guys agree with that? None of us here stand in the presence of God without first confessing that we're in need of a Savior. We, we first pray. What is a sinner's prayer? Father, I'm a sinner, and I'm, I'm turning to you. You are now my Lord. So we're translated from, from darkness into, into light. And God, from the beginning, he didn't look at darkness and say, oh, Lord, myself. <laughs> it's dark. He says, light be. Amen? So we got to speak those things that we want. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. So number three, we need to make a commitment to start putting time studying his word and not just hearing it on Sunday. And I'm guilty of this too, sometimes with four kids, full-time job, getting music ready. I'm just like, oh man, whatever. You know, even the sermon, the last couple of weeks, pastor told me, and I've been in the word a lot more and it's, it's really encouraging. And I'm encouraging you to get some new habits starting today. And whether it's just picking up, even if you haven't been reading your Bible, Start with our daily bread, one of those little confessionals. Davine's always, you know, really encouraging that just pick five minutes, ten minutes. God honors that. And if you read one verse a day and meditate on that word, it will make a difference. Number four, start deliberately putting his word in your mouth. So you're listening to your, to your voice and you're saying these negative things and you need to take every thought captive Yes, we need to take those thoughts captive. So even the words that we say, sometimes we mess up. We can, we can cancel those. Let's say, I, let's say I went and said some of those things that I said earlier. I'll, I'll, I'll never be free from this, all these negative thoughts. Well, we can take authority over those words and say, Father, forgive me for those words. I just, I just call a crop failure on all those negative things that I've done. And how we know that our, our past is as far as the east is from the west. It's under the blood. God is, does not condemn us any longer. Hallelujah. We are free. Yes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So if we, we can study his word, 
we're going to know what his will is, and we can have victory in the area, whatever area we have trouble in. And in Matthew 12, 34, it says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to know where somebody is, just wait till they get under pressure, and they're going to they're going to explode with words. It's either going to be positive, faith. And how many know that we're all in a process? And I'm just trying to get some of you to think before you speak. Because I have been, I, I was around a guy when I was a baby Christian about 25 years ago. And he said over and over, words are spiritual containers. Words are spiritual containers. So our words have so much power. And the things of the spirit are more powerful than the things of the natural. So we have to establish God's kingdom in the spirit first. Our confession must be in line with God and his will in order for it to come to pass. And it's, it's okay for me, for you to hear faith-filled words in the, in the Bible, through YouTube, through me speaking, but it's way more powerful when it's in your mouth. Yeah. Amen? So you have to be your own best preacher. So if you say, I don't have time, maybe you're in my situation, and you say, I have four kids, I've got a job, um, got all these responsibilities, you do have a commute possibly, and you, there are ways to download things. And I don't know if you all have a CD player, if you do MP3s, but there are podcasts, there are Christians, preachers. You can have the word even in the background while you're cooking, moms and dads, when you're cooking and playing with your kids, have the word on YouTube. Have it, have it playing at all times because you will never rise above your confession. We have, we have to confess it. We have to believe and confess. And we don't need to, you cannot wait till the difficult time comes. We can't wait till all these bills come and then say, oh, Father, help me out. It, I mean, God hears our prayer, but how much better to be in faith, saying, God, I, you, you provide all of my needs according to your riches and glory, and just be walking in faith. In that. And then when the bill comes, say, Father, I'm not going to get in fear, but I'm going to be in faith. How much better can we... You know, just like in sports, if I was playing linebacker, and I don't know everybody's football-minded, but if I was playing linebacker and I was just like, had my cell phone, oh, cool, somebody texted me, and the running back's coming straight forward me, I'm not very prepared. But if I'm in my stance, and my cell phone's in the locker where it should be, I'm ready, I've got a good stance and I'm ready to react and to make a move. That's how we need to be. We need to be in an action stance. It says, put on the whole armor of God, therefore, and it says, Stand. After having done all that you can do, stand. It doesn't say get all your armor on and then take a nap. We need to be in the defense. Amen? We put the armor on daily by confessing, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that it washes my mind, put on the helmet of salvation. And thank you, Lord, that you're renewing my joy. And I have faith in your word. We have the shield of faith the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. Father, I thank you that you became sin, that I might be righteous. So when the enemy come, comes against me, Lord, they don't know if it's me or you they're messing with. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We have to have these devil-defeating scriptures on the inside of us so when things come, we're prepared. I'm going to go into a little personal, personal story. I'm going to start with something more recent. We moved to the Upper Peninsula in 2010, I was working at Michigan State University for about 12 years, and I had a pretty good job there, but Caden was born in August, September, sorry, September 24th, 
September 24th, 2009. I got it. Uh, anyway, so he was born in September, and it wasn't too much later that I realized I grew up in the UP, I grew up in Cedarville, and I wanted my son to encounter the UP and go fishing and hunting and making tree forts and going swimming. Not that you can't do some of that, but we were down in Lansing, and I mean, when I mowed my yard, I could pretty much stand in one spot and <laughs> do the whole thing. But we just had uh, friends, the pastors that married us. They actually introduced us. They stayed with us for about three days. And uh, she's definitely not a country girl. She's, when she pulled up to our house, she's like, oh, Lord, Jamie's living in the boondocks or something. Yeah, she, the next day, uh, we had a powerful time in the Lord. And they, they actually laid hands and ministered to me and my whole family. And she's like, I think we fulfilled the call. We should go home. And and he's like, just relax. So we, I took her to the Sioux Locks and took her to Taquantum Falls. And she, she liked that the, uh, the going to the falls was all paved. She's like, oh, good. It's not, she wouldn't have walked on these na nature trails, let's say that. But anyway, uh, let me get back to topic. They were, it was just such a blessing to see them. But uh, 2010, Caden was like five or six months, I believe. And we had talked to Pastor Scout and and different people, and I had, a, I had set up a job here. So anyway, we moved to Cedarville, started going to Lake Christian Fellowship. We immediately got involved there and found, you know, great congregation, um, had a new job. We had just bought a new house, the $20,000 that I said, you know, that we ended up losing, but we had a new house. We were excited. We had a baby, and uh, I was back in the UP, and I have family here, my mom, three sisters. So forward four months later, and... The job closes down. They shut down the plant. And uh, the renters that we had, because we had a house in Lansing, somebody was renting our house, they decided that they didn't like the house and they were going to move out. Um, so we're getting half of the pay with unemployment that I came up to get. Plus, we have nobody to pay. I have two mortgages now because of the one in Lansing. And uh, I remember coming home that night, and my wife had prepared a meal. We were sitting down. At, explained to her, this is going to be my last week. And she's like, well, Jamie, what are we going to do? And I just, just the peace of God came upon me. And I just looked at her and I said, do you believe that God called us here? And before we moved from Lansing with our whole family and took this new job and left a good job at Michigan State University with benefits, everybody's like, you're crazy. But you know what? We had peace. And they're like, how can you leave a job like that? I said, family. I was coming close to family. And I said, and being obedient to God, I know that he will provide all of my needs. Amen? In Philippians 1, 6, this is a scripture I've leaned on much in my life. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I use this scripture all the time. God will complete it. And that was where we had our faith. I said, God has not called us this far and there's nothing to go back to anyway. And, you know, pastor says this all the time. I, and I, I quote our pastor. We, and he praises us all the time saying how lucky we are. But how lucky are we to have a pastor with passion and heart that he has? And he says it all the time. You know, maybe you're going through some speed bumps. And maybe the Christian life is not all the, as easy as you thought it would be. Maybe you're, you had whatever. But what else is there to go back to? You know, his grace is sufficient. His love is never ending. So anyway, going back to our story, we had just had a, had a big major roadblock here. 
Um, but one thing I want to say, we have always been givers. We've always been tithers. And I remember pastor said to us, he said, you have been given faithfully into the storehouse, and that storehouse is there if you need it. And I remember a couple months, he, he would ask me all the time, hey, how are you guys doing? I said, oh, good. He's like, are there any bills you can't pay? And I said, well, there's, there's some shutoff notices. You know, and you have to be humble to admit that you need help. And they took care of that for us. And there was times we'd hear a, what the heck? What's that? We'd go open our door. And one of the ushers was already on his way back to his car. There'd be groceries sitting there. We'd open up our, our trunk. There'd be diapers and wipes and baby supplies. So the people at church stepped up. And that's what we're here for, to help each other. Go ahead. This is so cool. I remember I went to visit them. And as I walked up, there was <laughs> trees all around the house. It scared up a partridge that went and banged into their, and died right there, and they <laughs> ate it. And I was, <laughs> it was so God and so fun and a great story. I just had to interrupt. It doesn't get much fresher than that, does it? Yes, God has, he doesn't know how to provide. So basically, our, our bills were all paid, and God provided through many, many streams. And I think I had unemployment for almost two years. I tried a couple different jobs, and the first job I ever got fired from was a girl at Subway that hired me to take over. Then she didn't want to take, then she wasn't going to leave, so she kind of booted me. And, uh, but, you know, you just got to shake it off sometimes. And my unemployment ran out. I'm not sure exactly what month, but I, know, I do know the same week that my unemployment dried up, I got a call from Michigan State Department of Corrections. So, I mean, God has, has been so faithful, and you just have to put your trust in him. And it, but that's the thing that I chose at that moment, and I'm bragging on God. At that moment, I could have said, I don't know what we're going to do, and got in fear, and I could have said, we're, you know, we're going to lose the house, we're going to... You know, and like I said, it was, it was a struggle, and, and definitely when we got this new job, there was a sense of release, but God was faithful, and he provided. We have always had, you know, food on the table and clothes, and our kids have always had everything provided that they need, so God is good. He's faithful. So we have opportunities to, to, to pass tests every day. Um, I just want to give you a couple more examples of, of how we need to hold on to the word in, in light of our situation. When I was a single man, this is going back, I think we've been married, I'm probably going to mess up, 13 years here in September. So about 14 years ago, this, most of this day we met. And, but before that, I was definitely uh, looking and hoping and expecting someday to be married. And I was in a relationship with another person, but I'd never felt that peace. And that's why it lingered, it was dysfunctional. I know none of you can relate to dysfunctional relationships. <laughs> but um, in these relationships, sometimes you get soul ties. And I knew that it wasn't a godly thing and didn't really have peace about it, but it was, it was a struggle for, for a single guy just to believe God. And I don't know if it was, must have been my pastor at the time. He said, take two or three or four scriptures, and I'm telling you, whatever you're uh, battling with or struggling with, find some scriptures on the subject in which you're struggling. For me, 
just my, my own purpose. And, I, and the, the Lord revealed to me that it was a spirit of fear that I was dealing with. Because I was like, if I leave this woman, it's, a, it's an okay thing. It was a bad thing. But in my, at the time, I was like, at least it's, you know, that song says, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Or, yeah. Yeah, maybe I won't go on any further with that one. But um, anyway, I, I had something, even though it was bad, you know. But I had to, like, trust the Lord. And I was having a hard time, even though I was, I was going to Bible college at the time. And you would think, this is no problem. Anyway, so I, one of the scriptures I took was Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. So that's something over and over. I said, Father, I thank you that you have a good plan, that you have a plan for me, Lord. And then the second one I took was 2 Timothy 1, 7. Because remember, I was talking, dealing with fear. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen? God has not given, so if it's, Giving fear, it's not the Lord. But God, what does God give? Power and love and a sound mind. Amen. And then the other one I had was Isaiah 54, 17. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And then Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So basically, fear not, fear not. In the first scripture from Mark 5, I, I knew that one too. It says, fear not, only believe. Believe what? Believe that God can provide the right one. So anyway, this was an agonizing thing, and it seems like it should be easy, but, you know, it's so easy to look at someone else's struggle and say, just receive, get your healing, get, just move on, let it go. But for me, this was an obstacle. This was something that I had to deal with. And I, I remember really uh, vividly being in my basement of my house and just crying out to the Lord and praising him and thanking him, and I was speaking in tongues just like the sister, and it was a end up being uh, tongues and interpretation. Now, I, I didn't have someone else to interpret. The Lord, the Lord gave it to me, though. I noticed that it was something beyond normal. And when I translated it into English, he basically said, Jamie, your life is not your own. You were bought with a price. I remember to this day, if you stay with this woman, you will miss out and not fulfill everything I've called you. So how many know that's a, when the Lord speaks to you, he loves you very much, but those he loves, he chastises and he corrects and he lifts you up. You know, we start spanking our kids at around eight months, whenever they can put their finger in an electric outlet, they usually get a little slap on the finger. But the Lord is, is using his word to buffet us and discipline us and train us up so that when we go through things, we don't have to just settle for everything. Because, you know, the devil is just beating on us and beating on us and beating on us. And um, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin recently, and he, he said that at one of his meetings, there was a, uh, a gentleman who came up. He said, Brother Hagin, I'd like some prayer. He said, okay, brother, lay it on me. What, what do you want me to pray? And he said, uh, can you please pray that the devil would just never harass me ever again? Just pray that the devil would just leave me alone. He says, okay, so let me get this right. You want me to believe that you will die right now and go to heaven? <laughs> he said, no, no, no. He said, because in this life, we shall have trials. We will have temptations. Amen? But we have victory because greater is he that's in us. Jesus already went to hell in our place. He became sin in our place. He became sickness, and he became everything that we might be free. Amen? 
So I'm going to end on that note, and I'm just going to pray for you all. And I'll be here if you want to talk, you want to pray, if there's something that you have a need. Amen? Is that good? Father, we just thank you for your word, that it changes not, Lord. And we thank you that you love us so much that you accept us right now today where we are, no matter what we have done. Lord, that your love exceeds those things and that you love us too much to leave us that way. Lord, we thank you that your grace is here right now and sufficient. It's calling out to people to step up and start new habits of focusing on your word and not the problem and starting to confess your word and not their feelings, Lord, that we can, that we can rise above and believe and have victory because of your word and that you have already done it, God. It's an easy thing, says the Lord. It's an easy thing to receive your healing. It's an easy thing to be delivered. All you need to do is quiet yourself and listen for my direction. And when I tell you, you follow it. It's an easy thing, says the Lord. I can do it. I've already paid the price. I'm not going to go back on that cross again and do it because it has been finished. I declare, says the Lord, that you have already been delivered. All you need to do is believe and receive, confess and walk it out. It's an easy thing, declares the Lord. You can have that whichever you say, if you will doubt not and believe in your heart. It's an easy thing for me. You sang about me being a great Lord. I am a mighty king. And I am seated on the throne, and you're there with me. And the enemy is under your feet. So take your place in authority, and don't bow to fear. Fear not. Only believe, because I am with you until the end. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are above and not beneath. You are blessed and not cursed. I've given you all that I have. I've given you all of my word, all of my blood. I don't have to do another thing. But you need to step up and run the race with endurance because you have the victory. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your encouragement, Lord. And we thank you that we can just rejoice and breathe easy, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a spirit of peace and understanding, God. Lord, let these people, as they go about their weeks this week here, Lord, whether with family or at work, God, we thank you that you direct their steps. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.